versus the world productions getting our geek on 24 7 365 shut up baby i know it vtwproductions.com listen to casually hardcore sundays at 4 p.m eastern if it's geek it's fair game come and get your geek on www.vtwproductions.com so hawkins a game that i know myself and a lot of the fans that we have listened to our shows is really looking forward to uh, we love we love mech games love mech games i've been playing mech games since tabletop battletech things like that and so seeing a fast-paced comp- what looks very competitive uh versus type of combat in mech in what is no doubt a beautiful world beautiful world thank you has excited us from the first shots we've seen so i have some questions sure. that are hopefully not leading to thing. Watching the gameplay, mm-hmm. it seems like it's very fast-paced, very fast-paced action. And some of our fans have been wondering how you've kind of kept, even though it's gone very fast, that feel of mech combat. Right. Uh, because traditionally, older mech games have been a lot slower. Sure. And just kind of plodding pace, almost like tank games, where this one is more of a shooter, fast, running around. So just your opinions on that, or why you went the direction you did with the speed. Well, a lot of it was just... Like there seems to be very two very different kinds of mech games, right? There's there are the ones that are just really kind of frantic, really kind of fast paced. You got sort of the Japanese mecha kind yes. of kind of feel, but then they're also more of the simulator type, um, type more you know focused on micromanaging kind of your mech that that comes a lot out of uh, out of the United States. Um, the goal was to sort of mix the two. Like we didn't want something like, we hadn't really quite seen something like it, so it was to really have that lumbering, powerful experience, but at the same time keep that fast-paced, frantic, um, high-energy feeling that you get from, uh, you know, from a lot of games like Halo and, and what people love. Like, you get that competitive feel, you get that high-action feel, yeah. but you're still in a mech. And a lot of that can be done with not only the cockpit, that helps a lot. I'm not sure that it always comes across in the videos, but I think when you play it and you sort of feel the way that the mech moves, you feel the way that it interacts with the environment, you feel the weight in how uh, you feel the weight of it as you boost and jump around. Like I think that adds a lot that you, that may not necessarily come across unless you get your hands on it. Perfect. So speaking of environment, other than it, it is gorgeous. The engines are wonderful. Uh, the lighting effects, the particle effects, all those things are really, really nice in the game. But you talked about the mech interacting with the environment. What kind of things do you do? Do you see yourself breaking down things, being in a big lumbering mech, uh, knocking over walls? Is most of it just cosmetic, or are there actual things in it that will interact that you hit in the environment? So for right now, it most of it is uh, what you can interact with the environment on. Uh, there are some destructible items in the environment. Uh, there aren't any giant walls or anything like that that can come uh, crumbling, crumbling down at the moment. Um, but it's really about uh, how you maneuver around it, how you have to get from point A to point B, how you have to dash, how you have to use your boosters, how um, actually using the boosters and jumping to higher platforms, that, uh, that has a lot to do with the, you know, the weight of it as well. It's not easy to just boom up there. You can't fly around all over the place. You actually have to be strategic with your timing and, uh, and your fuel in order to get where you want to go. And that makes a difference also on the size of the mech that you're in. Because I see it doesn't look like there's a huge difference, but there are definitely some size 
or overall loadout differences in the mechs. So right. How fast, how nimble your mech is, how fast you can jump or boost, those kind of things. Exactly. So we have, we will be launching with uh, with three classes. We have a lighter class, a medium class, and a heavy class. Uh, the lighter class is uh, what you can see here. Yeah, basically, so I'm into that. it's very, it's very fast, very agile. Uh, maneuverability is 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 super high and smooth, uh, but it doesn't have uh, doesn't take as much damage. And in some of our more strategic uh, and team-based modes, um, the amount of resources that it can carry does come into play, and this can't carry as much. You go all the way to the extreme with our heavy-class mech or C-class mech, um, it really is more like a lumbering tank. has a lot of hit points, uh, can, can withstand a lot of damage, but it is slower, and it is larger in size. So you have to be careful around sometimes some of the smaller nooks and crannies of the map. You can get yourself caught up in it just a little bit easier. Gotcha. And it looked like right there in the light mech that he jumped out and was doing almost like a heal. Yes. A repair bot coming in. So what we want to, what we do is, if you are damaged, you can try to find some cover. You're still vulnerable while you're in the state, but if you basically hold down the C key, it allows you to, to deploy a repair drone. He comes out, starts repairing you, so you can get back into shape. Uh, get, get, not only that, and get right back into battle. You are vulnerable at that stage, as I mentioned. So people have to be very careful as to when they decide to, uh, to, to use that ability. That's it. Uh, I'm looking at it again. There's a lot going on in the maps. A lot of artistic detail in there. And it looks like, the, as you said, a lot of nooks and crannies to hide and dodge around. How large scale overall are the maps? Or do they compare to real life in a way that people could understand the overall scale of each map that you look at? Is that going to be a variable? A lot of different types of size of maps, different terrain and things. Everything I've seen so far has been pretty much urban. So both scale and art direction are you looking at taking into wilderness other types of maps? We do have a variety of we, we do have a variety of locations over here. You can see something that's that isn't quite as uh, that isn't quite as urban. Um, but uh, but we also have other maps that we act that we're working on that we actually haven't shown at all. Um, and there's going to be a, and there's so there is going to be a lot of uh, a lot of different environments of that we have we have some that are very vertical um, or very horizontal. We have some like the Sahara map over here. Um, what we nickname Sahara is uh, that's definitely more horizontal. Uh, we have some maps that are very very vertical, uh, so that that changes the dynamic. And then we have some other maps with some surprises coming when people get get a chance to see that actually changes things even a little that's, more. Oh, that's very cool. Very cool. Um, and then, oh gosh, where I was just going with that. It's fun watching. It's good seeing all the shoulder things happening because like, ah, that's that. So one of I said was scale a map. Uh, oh, yes. Along with that overall size map, I'm wondering how many people are you looking at playing versus each other in these maps? Initially, yeah. So basically there's a number of people per instance of people right. playing against each other. Well, right now, not for any technical reason, but we've settled on six versus six okay. for a good um, number of uh, good number of modes. And the reason for that isn't, like I said, isn't a technical reason. It's just for the maps that we have, you start adding more players, it starts, we start losing the experience that we want. Uh, we don't want lives to last just a few seconds. Uh, we want there to actually be some back and forth, uh, a little bit of strategy. Uh, you actually have duels with players where you know one shot will not take you down there does there is some back and forth um, so adding too many more players to some of these maps it kind of ruins that experience so we have a certain pacing in mind for what the game should be and right now it's feeling right at uh, at six versus six that sounds good so also in that now one of the things people are always worried about especially when you're doing competitive type games are game types the actual sure. modes that you have in the game so far from what I've seen it looks very much a team deathmatch type of mode 
What other game types are you looking at for Hawken? So for packs, it makes it really easy. People can just jump into deathmatch or team deathmatch. No instructions necessary. Everybody understands. Everyone death understands match. those rules. They can jump in and go. Uh, we have another mode that we've uh, that we focused on actually at E3, which we're calling Siege Mode. Uh, it is more. Uh, it is definitely more uh, strategy based, and it requires a lot of collaboration and, and teamwork. Uh, there are resource gathering elements, there are some uh, King of the Hill type of elements. So there's a lot of different kind of game mechanics that all come into one that feels really, really epic. If you've seen some of the videos, it's the ones with like, uh, you see the battleships that are yes. flying over, that's that mode. Okay. Uh, we also have another competitive mode that we're, uh, that we're working on right now that, it, that definitely will be focused more on the eSports scene. Yep. Um, we haven't talked about that at all, but um, that's pretty much what we're looking for at launch. No, that's great to hear, and it seems like there are a lot of games in the competitive realm that are looking towards esports. With that in mind, do you see supporting esports right out the gate, trying to put up things a lot like, now granted, certain companies are huge and have a large pool of money sure. to throw out there, but ways to help stimulate people jumping into your game to try to make it competitive and get into that professional state? But we do have that in mind. There's a lot of things that we've uh, taken into consideration uh, and are considering with uh, in regards to, uh, for, exa for example, customization. Um, and we really want to focus on that. A, a really big pillar for us on this game is the community. I mean, that's something that's really important with free-to-play games anyway. Of course. The only way it's going to matter. There's a lot out there. There's a lot. Of, you need the community. You need people excited about the game. You need people playing. You, you, you want people talking about it and really feeling like they're, uh, that they're part of the experience and, it, and, that, it, and, and, that, it, and that it matters. Esports helps with that a lot. So there are a lot of things we're taking into consideration to make sure that people feel it can be competitive and that when they get into an esports environment that it feels like a level playing field, it feels like it's about the player skill. So there are uh, decisions that we're making to make sure that we can uh, that we can support that. We want to support that right out of the gate. Perfect. That's great to hear. Uh, I think uh, that covers a lot of my questions uh, before I actually get a chance to touch and feel. Uh, I'm trying to think. So actually, uh, back to this, one of the things with any free-to-play game is the monetization. Sure. You can't just do these for free because we all love to play games. That doesn't do anything for the company itself. So what are you really looking at focusing on for monetizing the game to allow people to get in there and support what you're doing when they're loving the product you put out there? Well, we really do want people's like support. Uh, not only are we proud of the game, we hope people enjoy it and, and have a good time with it. And the more support you know that we have, the the more content that we can you know that we can put out. Um, what we really want to avoid is, I mean, pay to win is the of term. Of course, that, that is up. the dirtiest word in it, all it games. It comes up, it comes up all the time, and, and that's always like a fear. And I think that I think that fear, like that immediate sort of fear, I think it's going away, or at least starting to go away a little bit. I think when since free to play is becoming, uh, there are a lot more titles that are coming out. And people yes. are, that's not necessarily everyone's immediate gut reaction anymore. Um, but that's something that's really important to us. So we want to make sure that um, that anything that affects gameplay, be it uh, getting an additional mech or uh, getting a weapon for it or your items, whatever, like whatever it may be for your mech, um, that really impacts gameplay. That people can, you know, they can spend a weekend, they can they can spend the time leveling that up, just doing it themselves, or you know they can do it through normal progression, or you know maybe they can spend some money on it too, just to you know to get a little a little a little. So, so you so. see the ability to have an in-game credit, not just the XP or whatever the mechanism is that you're earning while playing, but paying in to buy a way to basically save time. Uh, that's I mean that's that's a, that's a big part of it, um, and so anything that uh, but there, it's also not doesn't tend to be as simple as that because you can have that, but still, as long as players don't feel like you're trying to rip them off oh, yeah. or trying to like put up like weird artificial barriers that they're like well I like, shouldn't like really like I 
Like, yeah, I gotta do all this to get that one thing. Right. That's as long help as people don't feel that there are artificial barriers and that it it's, it it makes sense and they feel good, that's a lot of what we're we're balancing and making sure it feels right. So I mean, we do obviously want to you know want to try to bring in some you know some support so we can do additional content, but. We really have to, you know, make sure the game is fun for everybody because, you know, when it comes to free to play games, you know, not everyone, not everyone wants to, to, to pay. Sometimes they just want to want to just play and have fun. So Which, it has to be good it, for them it too. It does benefit those people who are paying in order to have a live and active community. Right. I look at it as if you're not paying with money, you're paying with time, right? Yes. And I have found in my experience and all the fans that we have, we talk about a lot that free to play model. We're huge fans because, in a lot of senses, demoing of games has kind of gone away. Yeah. Or at least in the traditional sense of what a lot of us grew up with and so free to play is that way to get into and say I really love this game and universally we have found that we have spent more money on games that were free to play because we love them than we ever did just buying a game off the shelf hoping we'd like it and so we're big supporters of the market and this is one that's definitely captured the excitement of everyone that listens to us and talks our shows um, so I hope it does well I, I love seeing mech stuff everywhere <laughs> and the mechanics I'm seeing have been really impressive so, so no, I'm very excited for what you guys are doing. I appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to just tell people in general about the game that differentiates, uh, differentiates you from other people that are out there or just what really makes Hawken unique? The thing that's going to make Hawken unique, I think people are going to love the art style, they're going to love the universe that's there, and they're going to love the way that it feels and plays. Our customization is really, really strong. I think we have a very, very, very competitive game when it comes to customization uh, and what's out there for free to play. If people go to the website, playhawken.com, they can register for our closed beta. Our open beta date is coming in December. That's of this year. It's 12-12-12 is our big date, but we will have that closed beta. People can register and try to get in and play the game a little bit early. It's it's free to play. Jump in. I, I look at it as the burden. Uh, you know, the burden's on us. We have to we have to put a game out there that people want to support and put money out there. It's on us. So give us a chance to play the game. See if you like it. If you like it, support us so we can do more content for it. All right. Thank you very much. And just so everybody knows exactly who I was speaking to, give me one more time who you are, what you represent, so everybody out there knows what's up. My name is Jason Hughes. I'm the producer of Hawking Adhesive Games. Thank you very much. Thank you.